today's lesson is by request. You can do that, um, believe it or not. Um, so our lesson today is on gossip and slander. Gossip and slander. And the reason they're lumped together is because many times in Scripture, they're used in conjunction with one another. I do want to preface this message with this, though. And I need you to hear me. Don't be focused on what you're writing down. I need you to hear me as I preface it. When we talk about gossiping, it's really easy for us to immediately go, Oh yeah, that person. <laughs> that gossip. Like we jump right to it, right? Like we gossip with the voices in our head. Like, I don't know about you. Both of them are talking. There's a third one, but he speaks Spanish. I don't know what he's saying. Um, but like, so don't do that. Okay? What I want you to do is I want you to be honest with yourself. Where are some areas that you might be inclined to gossip? Because we're, we're all not, you're all not perfect in here. Don't throw anything at me, okay? So you have maybe this habit or potentially this inclination. So really kind of examine yourselves. Don't immediately go, you know, Mary needs to hear this. I'm going to give Mary this podcast, right? Like you don't, she might need to hear it, but that doesn't mean that you don't need to hear it. So uh, let me pray and then we'll dive into um, the discussion. Lord Jesus, I plead again for us to be honest with ourselves. Pastor Patrick said it today. When it comes to our own sin, um, we minimize it. We neglect it, like in the sense that we don't want to deal with it. Um, but we never, we don't really ever try to confront it. And Lord, may that be the habit, right? Where we confront it with the gospel. We, make, we confront it with the good news of the gospel. Um, and may we be transformed into something new because of it. And so, Lord, as we deal with a subject like gossip, um, may again we be honest and look at ways that we can evaluate and change in our own lives. In your son's name, amen. One of my favorite historical figures, this is a guy named Winston Churchill. Uh, Believe it or not, it was on the short list of names. Um, If Eva was going to pop out as a boy, uh, we might have gone with Winston. Um, And so when Winston Churchill, it was towards his last year in office. This actually was his last year of office. He went to a um, government function and sat down. A couple rows behind him, by a couple, I mean two, that was its original intention as a word. A couple rows behind him, there were two guys, and they said something like this. Is that, is that Winston Churchill? I think it is Winston Churchill. He really needs to step down and let the younger gentleman step in. Yes, I totally agree. He just doesn't have the energy of the umbrage to deal with the government as he used to. I think so, too. Well, at the end of the engagement, Winston turned around and said, You know, I hear he's deaf, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Winston. In the story, the men were literally... Literally, literally and figuratively talking behind Winston's back, right? They were talking behind Winston's back. And that is what gossip is. That is what gossip is. In Resisting Gossip, it's a book by Matthew Mitchell. He defines gossip as this. It's your first fill in the blank. It's bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. I think it's a good definition. And I think the key here is bad heart. Right? 
gossip always comes out of a corrupt heart. Matthew 15, 18 makes this clear. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. And this is the thing. Gossip just doesn't um, start at the lips, and it doesn't end there either. That's the danger of gossip. And the scripture makes it clear we are to do the opposite. We're to speak well, that our hearts are in the process of sanctification, and we should seek the words that come from our mouth intentionally. Leviticus 19.16, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. 1 Timothy 5.13 and 14, besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for what? Slander. Have a bad name. It's even laid out in the ninth commandment. Think about it. Do not bear false witness. And this is the slight difference between gossip and slander. Okay? Ray Ortland defines the two as this. What is gossip? It is not necessarily false information. Slander is false. Slander is false information. Gossip might include true information. And maybe that's why gossip doesn't always feel sinful. What makes it sin is, first and foremost, that God says it's sin. But gossip spreads what can include accurate information to diminish another person. That is not how people behave when they are living in the power of the grace of God. It should not be gossips and slanders. The Westminster Confession of Faith speaks to this too. Question, what are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? Answer, the duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man and the good name of our neighbor, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good name, a ready receiving of a good report and unwillingness to admit of an evil report concerning them. It is beyond clear in Scripture that gossip is sinful. And most people in the world would rather people not gossip about them. I've never met anybody that's like, I wish people would gossip about me more. Every non-believer understands that. They don't like gossip when it's about them. Even by the world's own standards, they don't like it. But think about it. There are whole shows dedicated to gossip, right? TMZ lives... For gossip. That's its whole purpose. Okay? If you watch a lot of daytime talk shows that are early on in the mornings, no offense, girls, but they're all directed towards you, right? Like they're all a bunch of women sitting around a table, like sharing what? Gossip. We want to know, especially in our culture with social media, it's maybe even worse. We want to know everyone's business, and then we take it a step further, and then we want to comment on it. We want to know everyone's business, and then we want to comment on it. Tim Chalice breaks down five different types of gossips in one of his blogs, and and we're going to look at those, and I want you to listen, and I want you to look for the category you might occasionally fall into. You might occasionally fall into. Gossip number one, the spy. 
King Solomon spoke about this in Proverbs 11.13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. A spy is an informer, a person who gathers secrets so they can use them to their own personal advantage. We see this played out on almost every daytime soap opera or the villain in every single superhero TV show. Loki in Marvel Cinematic Universe is a perfect example of the spy. He's the trickster who shares secrets for his own personal advantage. While none of you live in a daytime soap opera or definitely not a superhero television show, you do live in your own home. You might see this played out in your interactions between siblings and parents. If you've ever said, I'll tell mom and dad if, fill in the blank, you might just have labeled yourself as the spy. Gossip number two, the grumbler. Grumbler. You can spell that any way you want. It's America. Solomon labels the grumbler in Proverbs 16:28. A perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friend. A grumbler is the complainer. A grumbler is the complainer. A grumbler is the criticizer. A grumbler is the Pharisee. They don't ever go to the person who they grumble about. And if they do, this is funny. They just say their grumbling isn't jest. Well, it's just joking. Hey, if you have ever said this, I just need to vent for a while. You might have labeled yourself as the grumbler. I don't want to go to the person, but I want to talk to somebody about it. The motivation of the grumbler is often jealousy or envy. Gossip number three, the backstabber. Loki would work here too. The desire to destroy others. If you're as captivated as I am as the new Netflix show Lost in Space right now, Dr. Smith is the backstabber, right? It's really good. We're on episode four. You spoil it, I will kill you, okay? (laughs) They engage not only in gossip, telling what they believe to be true, but they engage in slander, what they know to be false. It's the smear campaign by the politician. It's the 24-hour news network. All of them, right? Here, the backstabber is motivated by revenge, an opportunity lost, or some hardship they went through because of the other person, or at least because they want to blame the other person. They say it's their fault. Blame-placing is for another lesson for another day. But bitterness has taken root, and it's the fuel for their actions. It's the fuel for their actions. Gossip number four. The chameleon. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to fit in? My guess is yes. Most of you have wanted to fit in. I was this person in high school. I had several groups of friends and would try to fit in by wearing different masks. It was a social defense mechanism, and it was dangerous. If the group gossiped, so did I, just so I could be in the conversation too. Ever gossip about a teacher behind their back? 
said things about them that you would never say to their face just because everyone else was? You don't want to look like the teacher's pet, do you? God forbid, a nerd. We fear the wrath of man before we fear the wrath of God. And Proverbs 29.25 describes the chameleon. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Gossip number five. The busybody. If you were listening closely to my uh, quote of 1 Timothy earlier, you heard me quote busybody directly, but I'm going to quote Tim Chalice here because he nails the busybody verbatim and I couldn't add anything to it, nor could I take away anything to make it simplified. This is what he says. The final kind of gossip is the busybody. The busybody is the person who is idle and his, in his or her idleness leads to meddling and gossip. Proverbs 26.17 speaks to them. Like one who seizes a dog by the ears in a, is a passerby who meddles in the quarrels, not his own. We meet the busybody both in the Paul's letters to the Thessalonians and we meet the busybody woman in the first letter to Timothy. The busybody loves the titillation that comes through gossip and loves living vicariously through other people's stories. The busybody loves to be online where he or she controls celebrity gossip sites in the name of amusement and Christian celebrity gossip sites in the name of discernment. So which one of you are you, which one of these five do you think you fit in the category the most? Or if you can't like be that honest, which one do you think you could most potentially slide into? Okay, I'm going to ask you to do that right now. That's literally your next fill in the blank. I would I would most likely fall into the category of the blank. And I want you to do it now because while it's on your mind, we'll talk about it a little bit more in transformation groups if you're willing to be honest. Um, Go with your gut here. Your gut's probably right on this one. If it's all five, write down all five. Okay, or just two. Yes. What was like the chameleon again? The chameleon is the person who just says stuff so they want to fit in. So if people in their group are gossiping, man, this is, I'll be gossip too. Yeah, I don't like that person either. They drive me bananas. That teacher's an idiot. So here's the thing outside of just who are we as gossips is that this gossip has a long reach. Gossip has a long reach. It doesn't just start in the heart, jump from the lips and land in someone's ear. It has much farther reach than that. There's a great Yiddish folk tale about gossip that I would like to tell you. And yes, you can go home tonight and say, what did you learn? A great Yiddish folk tale. One man told so many malicious untruths about a local rabbi that overcome by remorse, he begged the rabbi to forgive him. Rabbi, tell me how I can make amends. The rabbi sighed. Take two pillows. Go to the public square and there cut the pillows open. Wave them in the air. Then come back. The rumor monger quickly went home, got two pillows and a knife, hastened to the town square, sliced the pillows open, waved them in the air, and hastened back to the rabbi's chambers. I did just what you said, rabbi, 
Good. The rabbi smiled. Now to realize how much harm is done by gossip, go back to the square and collect all your feathers. Gossip travels like the wind. You can't ever pick up what you might share accidentally or intentionally. It's why it's so dangerous. It's why it's so dangerous. If you say something about someone, it will more than likely get back to that someone that you were talking about. It's just the way of life. Eric Raymond says this, the way I see it, this is your next fill in the blank, every time someone gossips, they injure at least three people. The one speaking, the one hearing, and the one being gossiped about. The one speaking, the one hearing, and the one being gossiped about. So how should we deal with gossip? If we know that gossip is inclined in our hearts, if we know that it has far-reaching ramifications, how do we deal with it, AJ? And this is your next fill in the blank. We should redirect gossip. We should redirect gossip. We should first redirect our gossip from our own lips. Remember the story of Winston at the very beginning? The men, when they saw Winston Churchill, should just have, frankly, shut up. Have been silent. It's one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Sometimes when it comes to gossip... You've all heard the phrase, probably from your mom, if you don't got anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And while it's like a fun colloquialism, it's probably true. If you don't got anything nice to say, probably shouldn't say it at all. As someone in church ministry, I have to deal with conflict a lot. People come up to me regularly to voice concerns. When someone says, this is what typically happens, they're watching me, I'm in a conversation with someone, I know they're watching me, they're on the other side of the room, they're waiting for my conversation to stop, right? And the moment my conversation stops, they head right to me. They don't want to make eye contact because they got to bring up a conflict, so they're typically low to the ground. And then the moment they get to me, they raise their eyes to make eye contact because now we're in our personal space, right? It's personal, but we're in the church foyer. Everyone can hear, okay? And they say this, I need to talk to you about something. I need to talk to you about something. I usually reply, probably should more regularly reply, something or someone. And if they say someone, then I should say, did you talk to that someone yet? See how I redirected it? Did you talk to that someone yet? I redirect them back. I don't want to hear about someone if that someone hasn't heard about it first. You aren't in paid ministry, even though you are in ministry. Another talk. Eric Raymond says this when it comes to people who are just lay people outside of ministry. Perhaps someone will come up to you and say, I am really frustrated with so-and-so's attitude. They walk around here like they own the place. They never say hi or even look at me. What is his deal? Look, we all know Knox has got an attitude issue, okay? He's very talented, right? And that might even, and you might be tempted to say in that moment, yeah, you're right. 
I notice that they ignore me too. They do walk around here like they own the place. But let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to think God's thoughts after him. Reject the gossip. Instead, something like, have you talked to them about this? See how you're redirecting it? Have you talked to them about this? Please don't drag me into your issues with them. You need to talk this out with whoever. Why? For the sake of Christ and his kingdom, namely the church. This rejects the bait of complaint and sheds light on the issue. It's a bounce and a flashlight. Those are really nice. Redirect the issue. Redirect the person back to Christ. Redirect the person back to the one they feel slighted by. Redirect the person back to others that they may have gossiped to and ask for forgiveness. Redirect the issue. Some people, though, when they have a real complaint, they might say something like, Oh, I just, I don't know if I can talk to them about this. I'll go with you. You can be a support system, right? Like, I'm willing to go with you if you really feel slighted and hurt and be a buddy. But the the point should be reconciliation. The point shouldn't be gossip. Let's team up. Create our own little clique. Remember, it goes back to cliques, right? I'm better than this person. I'm more superior. So we can talk about them behind our back. And it's their sin that justifies our being able to talk about it. Right? Because it's true. We should redirect the issue, especially if the gospel is true. Our heart should be directed by a desire to love. Back to our love lesson. Even love, though, even loving those who have hurt us in some way. This is your next fill in the blank. If you are gossiping about someone, you probably need to pray for that someone. If you are gossiping about someone, you probably need to pray about that someone. Pray that you would be able to love them. Because sometimes it's hard. Pray that you'd be able to forgive them. Pray that you'd be able to serve them. And pray that their hearts would be gripped by the same love of Christ too. I love how Tim Chalice brought this whole issue back full circle. Back to the heart. Not to the Disney definition of hearts. Not emotions. But our will. What we desire. What we desire. And these are the things that we should desire if we're not going to be gossips. The first thing is we should desire peace. We should desire peace. Romans 12.8 exhorts us to be at peace with all men whenever possible. We are to avoid controversy and quarreling in favor of peace. This comes with self-examination. Do I desire peace in my own life and in my sphere of influence? Removing gossip will go a long way towards that end. Here's the sad part. There are a lot of people that don't like peace. They like being in control, and they think that will give them peace. So, in turn, they gossip. Because then they get to be judge and comment on everybody else in the world. So do they truly desire peace, or do they desire their own piece of the pie? Next, desire to protect. Desire to protect. I tell my son this all the time. You need to protect your sisters. You need to protect your sisters. You need to protect your sisters, not beat them up, right? I hope he learns and has a desire to protect. 
Do you owe it to your brothers and sisters in this group to protect them from error or other kinds of danger and to warn them when they may not see it? This is why redirection is so important. It protects both the gossip, you, and the one that is gossiped about. Do you desire to protect your brothers and sisters' name? Lastly, do we desire repentance? And not just repentance in our own hearts, but the repentance of those who have offended us too. I've met people who have been offended against, and I'm convinced the last thing they want is for the person who offended them to actually say they're sorry. Because then they might have to forgive them. But as long as I'm, as I'm offended and they haven't asked for an apology, then I have that right to just be angry and mad. Help you. That is not the gospel. And you will not find peace there. But if you desire repentance, both from yourself, if you are the guilty party, or from those who have gossiped even against you, that's a good place to be. Is your ultimate purpose in talking about gossip, the ultimate purpose should not be to expose, but the repentance of the person who is in error. Even Paul told Timothy to command false teachers not to teach strange doctrines. He told Timothy that the goal in all this was to produce in the false teachers. This is interesting. This is what Paul said about false teachers. This is what he hoped for them. Love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. He wanted them to repent and find Jesus. Even those who are gossiping and saying poor things about him. The purpose is not to win the battle, but to compel change. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up, as fits for the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Amen.